Week one is in the books. What do you need to know? That's why you come to AMA on Tuesday nights. Adam and myself, we got you covered from J.K. Dobbins tearing his Achilles to the devastating news for your contenders with Aaron Rodgers also tearing his Achilles. Everything's coming at you. All your questions will be answered starting right Do you believe in miracles? Hey, I play chess, but only in 4D. I'm by myself, but they think I'm 4D. When they see me online, they think they know me. Go ahead, like, and subscribe. You gotta show me. I apply pressure and they tried to reject it. Clearly, ain't see I was a diamond, so they didn't accept it. Told me I was a failure, so I said, F it. Might even start my own school and teach them a lesson. Yeah, I'ma call it South Harmon. Huh. Fly down south and get the South popping. <laughs> One day, I'ma give you a walkthrough and introduce you to this walk too. I know you lost, that's just dynasty talk Cause you can't start no franchise without no dynasty talk I took a break from the game, they throw my dynasty stop Till I came back like Wimbyama, I feel like Coach Pop I can't say that I'm the GOAT, cause you ain't gonna agree But if I own my own farm, I can make the GOAT Me, the ladies love the beard, and they used to love the goatee That's when I was a lamb, burning music on CDs I wasn't born in 88 December 87, that was 16 days away. Might fly to Dallas, why not? I just got paid today. When I land this dirt statue, I came to fade away. Check the timeline for the stories and the play-by-play. My life a Patreon link, you gotta pay to play. I worked 16 hours, boy, that's an 88. X-Factor like Dez Bryant, my boy 88. Why dream light when you living like a heavyweight? This ain't a one-week thing, we grind like every day. They know my destination, Devi, like I hang with Ray. If they ain't know my name, I bet they know my name today. Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. Drop, drop this on Fizzle Friday, cause that's my favorite day. And I'm gonna do it my way, cause that's my favorite way. They tried to put me on the shelf like I'm layaway. Told me it ain't no way, so I made a way. Huh? Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you're here today. Welcome to South Harmon, I'm glad you're here today. Hit that Patreon link if you here to stay, huh? Treat this mic like an ATM, let's make a trade today. <laughs> Tuesday night, AMA! Let's get Adam it. and I are a little bit late, and that's my fault because uh, you got to check it out Saturday, but we had this little thing we're going to refer to as Eyebrowgate. <laughs> Eyebrowgate yeah, did uh... happen. It was a thing. Uh, sorry we're late, folks, but we're here. Let's go. Tuesday that's all, night we, AMA. That's all we can give you. Um, the rest, you got to tune in for it. Trust me, it. Saturday morning premiere, you want to be there for it. Fucking eyebrow gate, bro. Yeah. <laughs> eyebrow gate. Let's I can't go. wait for the people to see it. Uh, what's going on? Ryan Edwards, Trip Crown is here. Trip Crown has all kinds of things to say. Appreciate you being here, guys. We're glad you're here today. Uh, Mr. B, what a week. We have, let's see, Koopa's favorite. I love the, the hot intro, like the, um, you know, 
Mike letting us know beforehand. Let's I know go. exactly what he's doing. I, I thought he was going to say here the not intro, like the intro before the intro. Uh, Wyatt, uh, this is actually a question I'm going to get to, but appreciate you being here for now. Mr. Started. Wonderful, a lot of people here, man. Uh, it's already started. That's why I got to remind myself, make sure, I to, make sure I get the questions we need to have. Castle Black was good for D fam. So let me let me just say this, Mike. Um, week one's in the books, and that's always it. Always comes fast. Like you think it doesn't. Yes. All right. It, ta- it feels like it takes forever, but now week one's already here. Like we're on the border of having week two start Thursday. Yeah. The reason I say it feels like it comes fast is because when it comes, what comes fast at you is, hey, you were relying on J.K. Hey, you were relying on Aaron Rodgers. Hey. You're one of these teams that was relying on Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, and week one came and went, and they didn't play. And Cooper Cup is not going to play until at least week five, and there's a lot of speculation that that's not even going to happen. So we're talking just right there. Just just think for a second, everybody. That's five names in a week. There's other people I can name, by the way. But that's five names in a week that their season's over to start with or like did not play week one. And we have, don't really know, like especially with Kelsey and, and Cooper Cup, where there's, you know, gosh, these guys are getting old. What's going to happen? What, the, what does it look like when they have injuries? Then you got guys affected by this too. Garrett Wilson, right? Like Garrett Wilson for me was a guy I was really excited about. And right now, Mike, as much as you love Zach Wilson, I know that you, myself, and Garrett Wilson don't love Zach Wilson for him. And a lot of other managers here feel the same. So, um, it's crazy, man. I'm excited for the season to be here, but every year, like week one, seems to kind of smack some people in the face, especially when you're in a bunch of leagues. So, uh, curious does. your thoughts on it, man. Uh, the the scoring the scoring not so much because we're used to uh, what's the nice way of putting this? We're used to shitters like sometimes having big week ones, and we sure. overreact to it. And we're used to stud players not having big week ones, and then we panic a little too much. I will say the, the the part that hits home is the the damn injuries, man. And you remember how violent of a game this is right. and how people's careers can just go like that, like how people's seasons just evaporate. And it's on some of the most minor stuff, right? The, the Aaron Rodgers injury last night. When he went down like and got sacked, did anybody think he tore his Achilles and like Aaron Rodgers done for the year? People are no. – even when he went on the car, people are kind of like, well, like what kind of small yeah. injury is this? He's like is he is he gonna or... is he gonna come back today or like are we missing yeah. the rest of the night right like that's kind of where I think people's heads were at. Then you find out, well, he's gonna miss tonight for sure. They ruled him out pretty quickly, which what? when you find Listen. out why, it's because those can, those are almost confirmed when they look at it and see what it's in. The we're, we're not at we're not at destination dev anymore, but I also shout out the dope ass people that are over there, like Jeff Mueller, right? Like called it like. I remember being in the Discord. I think he just goes out with like a sprained ankle, or you know, Rogers kind of being a, a you know, a Sally. Like, come on, Rogers, right. <laughs> come on, you got sacked. You're mad at your lineman. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Get your ass back in there. And uh, I see it in the Discord, and somebody goes, "Jeff's saying that he think he might have tore his Achilles." And this is maybe a couple minutes after the fact, and I'm like, "What? <clears throat> you fucking kidding me? An Achilles?" Like I didn't see it. I saw the replay a billion times. I never would have guessed Achilles on that. And turns out that's what it is. Now his seasons is completely done. And Adam, I don't know if his career is completely over either. I mean, we're talking about a forty-year-old quarterback. <laughs> is it, I don't think he wants to go out like that. And I think he'll probably come back. Um, but I'm not gonna be shocked either, too, if he's just like, "No, I'm good." 
Like, yeah. I just can't so, do this shit no more. Well, I, we talk about things, Mike, and we're kind of we're not even talking during a game or whatever, like, but we're just a lot of knock on wood, not trying to jinx stuff, all that. Right. I don't know if you saw this, but Barstool, um, there was, I forget the guy's name now was sitting down before getting ready to watch Monday night football and was talking about, uh, it was Clemmer. So basically saying how before the game started, the last time there was this much excitement and all that, he was real nervous and built up. And he said, the last time was 1999 when the, you know, teams coming off the AFC title, and it's like week one, man. Vinny Testaverde tears his Achilles, and the other guys like, "Don't put that in the air! Don't you put that in oh, the air!" No. And that literally happened right as the game started, and that's like no. that, the irony of that's wild. But so, so let me just uh, let me the, go back to the and... point of the age, though, Mike. I think this is yeah. where like Aaron Rodgers is one of those, and I saw Scott put a bunch of to- uh, polls on Twitter. This is one of those where. Like people were really basically saying, all right, but Rogers is good enough of a talent to kind of go against the grain. His 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 age forego it for the fact that he could be a difference maker, possibly at a relatively cheap cost of superflex. This is an asset that goes close to zero now, man. No one wants to hold this for a year. No one even knows what this is going to be like. He was a no. guy that was threatening retiring two years ago. I don't think he actually wants to. But now the problem is, is it, what's he going to be when he comes back? That's where it's totally different. Even then, like I don't think the Achilles, like a quarterback of his age, coming back from the Achilles. I'm not saying he can't. Um, you know, I think he probably can, and I'm not too worried about like if he actually gets back on the field. It's not a running back, okay, which has been a death sentence for running backs pretty much sure. almost universally. So, um, like I, I think he might come back. I would say like if I'm not competing this year, Adam, especially in like best ball teams, lineup teams, like these kind of things, like I'll throw a fourth if somebody wants to panic on him. I'm not gonna flat out cut him until I know. <laughs> Like, this is kind of like the Andrew Luck, Tom Brady thing where it's like, eh, just in case, <laughs> just yeah. in case, because because instantly if he comes back and he's starting week one next year, or week two, week three, whatever the hell it is, if he's actually starting for a team next year, he's worth a hell of a lot more than a fourth round pick. Like you'll get a second out of it easily. So I think sure. I would require it in that case uh, and force don't really mean shit. So that's where I'm at with that. Back to my previous point, though, Adam, like the funny thing about week one where you say like it comes up fast and we have all these overreactions or underreactions or this panic or whatever. Adam, uh, I'm going to list off some players here, and I just want you to know who had spike weeks in week one last year. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz was QB3. <laughs> Let that sink in. Carson <clears throat> Wentz was QB3. Holy For those that didn't question. maybe catch that, that, that's that's last year. He did not play this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's not on the team this year. Uh, Cordero Patterson. RB5, DeAndre Swift, RB3, Kareem Hunt, RB4. Right. On the week last year. <laughs> That's nuts. Two top uh, fives why- right there, Mike, that you just ma- named. Different positions don't currently play for a football team, uh, NFL team. <laughs> Wide receivers, more beneficial, but also on the, the negative side, right? CeeDee Lamb, wide receiver 76. Devontae <clears throat> Smith, 119. Tyler Lockett, 70. T. Higgins, T. Higgins, well, correlation. Week one's apparently a shit. So next year in 2024, no matter where T. Higgins is, stop fucking starting him in week one because he was wide receiver 80. <laughs> now, I, we have a question about uh, Puka Nakua. So I'm going to ask you before we get to this question. So I have one more thing I wanted to discuss, as you probably saw the thumbnail. Um, Puka Nakua, where is he on this spike list? Oh, that, that'd be interesting because he didn't play last year. <laughs> I'm, uh, just I'm sorry. I, I know we're talking about last year. I'm talking about for this for this year. Did, uh, did, I have no, do we know I like generically no where he was? Okay. 
Uh, but last year, if you want to talk about guys like Puka Nakua, Devin yeah. Duvernay was wide receiver nine on the week. Curtis was yeah. pretty high too, right? DeAndre Carter was wide receiver 21. DJ wow. Chark, 22. Uh, Gabe Davis, 14. Uh, Jahan Dotson, 17. Curtis Samuel, now that you mention him, wide receiver 10. Adam, there you go. Last year. Tight end position, right? Bad week for tight ends. No Kelsey, no Andrews, right? Bad week for t- Hayden Hurst, tight end two. Hunter Henry, tight end one. Wolf. Uh, last year, Taysom Hill. Just was remember tight who told three. you to start, Hunter Henry. <laughs> Taysom, Taysom Hill, there Hill. We go. Taysom Hill, tight end three. You know what the crazy thing is? I cut the tight end list off at, at uh, 55 names on the best ball uh, spike week, consistency week sheet. Mm-hmm. Adam, I can't find tight end two, <laughs> two, four, or five, meaning that those dudes were outside. Like <laughs> They finished as a, a top five oh, tight end in week they one. they finished outside of the top 55 <laughs> tight ends. But for the season long, they couldn't even make the fucking list <laughs> as overall fantasy fans. So. Wild. Uh, that'll pretty much tell you everything that you need to know right there about the tight end position. So, okay. you know, of course, Travis Kelsey, though, last year, benefit tight end one overall. So Yeah. Now, um, Puka Nakua, we can pull up the stats on. I, I'm, I'm kind of – I'm really curious, actually, what he finished for the week in, like, a generic PPR um, for the week. Well, I do, I do got it. I can pull up ESPN, so however they score it. ESPN. That's good. Just a standard scoring setting. Yeah, I think it's just PPR. Man, I gotta scroll always. Oh, okay, never mind. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Puka Nakua, wide receiver nine. Right on that Curtis Samuel line. Um, so yep. Before we get to the Puka Nakua question, which by the way, Wyatt, I know you're probably wait, waiting with bated breath. Mike, the thumbnail. We got to at least discuss it. I mean. Hey, listen. I want to give you the time to discuss the thumbnail and the title because this was all you. But but talk your shit, King. You're a Browns fan. I see the elf I, behind I, you. I, that's what I'm saying. Let, talk your shit, on, man. man. Th- this team has had, uh, for those that don't know, because actually someone put it in here. Burrow is Trip Crown. By the way, Trip Crown, appreciate the activity, man. Out here interacting with everybody, including us. So Joe Burrow, here we go. Joe Burrow always sucks in week one, although this was his worst ever. I'll, I'll challenge you this. Not that this wasn't the worst he's ever played, probably in a game. Go take a look at the splits versus the Cleveland Browns and Joe Burrow. Last year, last year Joe Burrow was QB6 on the week, so let's not say he always sucked. Like, QB6 is pretty damn good finish. Right. But, I mean, go. what I'm saying, Mike, is go to his overall play versus the Cleveland Browns. I bet you'll be good. shocked. Yeah, it's not – it's not just – it's really bad. And Listen, I'm going to out myself a little <clears throat> bit here. Okay. I know a lot of shit, Adam. I know a lot of shit. I can't name the defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. Who is it? Uh, Come on, man. Schwartz. Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz? Yeah. Oh, the fucking Eagles legend. Come on. That's what I'm saying. Of all the Let's things for you not to know about go. the Browns, I figured I'm that sorry. would be the one. No, I'm you're good. So, I'm you're good. You're good. Listen. It's okay. Nobody knows the defensive coordinator for the Browns. No, most people don't know anything about the Browns. That's why I put the elf up there. That's AI generated. That's how Jamar Chase feels about our team. That's how Juju Smith-Schuster, your guy, you know, a bunch of great faces. Like they don't associate our team with winning, and it's a laughing stock matter. But the funny part is when you talk about Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, Stefanski has done a lot of questionable things. He had the coach of the year early. Lately, has been. A lot of hot garbage, personally. Mm-hmm. But when you play the Cincinnati Bank, he has this guy's number. It's like when you're inside the other coach's head the entire time. That's literally how they play. 
the Bengals, aside from the one game last year where Watson's first game back or one of his first games back versus the Bengals last year. Mike, imagine this, though. Forget the Browns, forget all this. You go out there and you're saying, like, they're, they're a bunch of elves, you know, clowning. I get it. Yeah. We, we are. We're elves. Imagine, Mike, they, you go out and you have – I know there's bad weather. Less than 100 passing yards. Just understand that this is 2023, everybody. Less than 100 passing yards, Mike, for a quarterback as good as him. Desmond Ritter had over 100 passing yards last week. Like, how many quarterbacks playing a full snap share – well, they kind of quit early, but playing basically the entire time as a starter – have finished under 100 yards. And I bet you, you want to pull up that list, everybody listening. Shockingly, not that many people, I'm going to guess, unless they got hurt. You know, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. If you count that. So, Mike, imagine then, too, he also says, uh, <laughs> I can't believe I, we lost to a bunch of elves. And um, they did. I'm kind of curious your thoughts, like, for the Bengals. I'm not putting too much stock into this for their team. You know, T. Higgins, no catches. It was really bad weather for a first uh, week one game. But... Uh, and Watson, honestly, Mike, I don't know if you saw much of that game. Watson was scary, but the weather was so bad, it's hard to put a lot of stock into it. Uh, I think better days are ahead for the Cleveland offense, but I'm just curious your thoughts on the game as well. Obviously, couldn't have gone any better for a Browns fan other than the offense would have looked better. So I pulled up the uh, the two matchups last year for the Joe Burrow versus the, the Browns, right, versus Jim Schwartz. Now that I now that I know that I'm never I'm never gonna forget <laughs> till he gets fired. Uh, <laughs> Joe Don't Burrow. put that juju on him or I'm us. Sorry. <laughs> Last year, Joe Burrow, uh, first matchup, 232 yards, two touchdowns, a pick, five sacks, a QBR of 20.2. Pretty bad. Yep. Uh, the second matchup, a uh, little bit better. Right. Uh, 239, two touchdowns, a pick, only one sack, a QBR of 78. But, he, that was better for his overall Cleveland games. Um, right. A lot right. of previous games were bad too. So just something to keep in mind actually is like overall, go take a look. You, I know you don't have to buy much into Cleveland or their defense or Schwartz or any of that, but it's a weird thing. The Browns have had their number. They haven't had a lot of things go right for them, but since Taylor's been there, they've had their number and it's been in a pretty big way. So yeah. Feels yeah. good to have that out there, man. Um, I love, I love that kind of shit talk. The, the one, battle, you know? the battle of fucking Ohio, round one battle goes Ohio, to man. Cleveland. Yeah, and it's one of those where you know we could beat them once or twice, and it just it ends up not mattering because they're beating everyone else, and they're going to the you know AFC title game. And this is this and... is so so familiar too, right? Like you guys have this little bit of rivalry going on, right? You're in the same state, um, and and you're kind of in the same predicament, but it, it's with me with Iowa State. Right, like most of the time, we beat the shit out of Iowa State. I, I will say this: we beat the shit out of them in the terms of getting W's. But right. every game we play is usually a hard-fought contest. And when Iowa State rises up and beats Iowa, I go, "Fuck, I hate losing to these guys." But they always seem to have our number, and it's that kind of rivalry intensity that brings the best out in both teams. Like Iowa State could have a shitty year, but they beat Iowa, and all of a sudden, hey, we damn near won the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's kind of how they approach it. So. I kind of get that too. Being a Cleveland fan, this is this is kind of a big deal for you guys. So for sure, especially especially well, when, when a wide get, receiver comes out and tries to you get that in motivation. Us. Like here's yeah. the thing: what I don't get about that is right. A lot of times you're going to shit talk versus someone that like if they're that to you, if they're the elves, like why give them any added motivation when like you don't you, really you, would, you don't even view yeah. them in the same class, right? So so why give them that type of yeah. Mo, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't well, make sense. He, he did it to a whole team too, which was was interesting. Like if you if you were to call out Denzel Ward, 
Like, I think Denzel Ward's trash. He can't hold He can't stick me, right, yeah. You know, then it's personal between those two, and you get this, like, Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans-type, like, rivalry thing going on. You call out the whole team like that and disrespect them, you know, Miles Garrett's now fire, fired up. The, you know, the third-string linebacker who doesn't give a shit wouldn't do anything all game. He's got a little bit motivation. I don't know if you caught this, but uh, Zadarius Smith, who wasn't even there last year, right? Like, all of a sudden, hey. I took that personally. He came and popped Burrow in the mouth. Like, first – it was literally like the first drive. Um, So, you know, it's a dangerous game to yeah. be played with. Uh, anyway, I, it's one time to gloat against Jamar Chase, so I figured I'd take it. Yeah. Um, all right, Mike. Let's get into some things. First of all, he did say uh, – Trip Crown says, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't get to watch all the snaps. I thought Deshaun Watson grew into the game. He, he played He played better in the second half, to your point, because the first half was pretty abysmal. Um. He, you know, it's I, I'm not overall worried, but I, I'm still like a little – he just does not look as in rhythm and as confident as he once did. I'm not saying it can't come, but I just, I'm just i a little worried still. You know what's really crazy to me is as the weather cleared up a little bit and the ball wasn't as slippery and it wasn't as shitty out, all True. of a sudden Deshaun Watson looked a little bit better throwing the football. And that's, that, that's my thing is last year there was a lot of throws in the dirt, and it was early in the game with bad weather, but I'm like, one of those balls was a uh, wide open Mark Cooper, and it, and <laughs> it, was, it was like it was a ground ball to him, and I'm like, are Amari's we? Is this a real thing? Like, yeah. uh, um, anyway, Amari, Amari, Amari doesn't say much, and he's not one of the more animated wide receivers in the league. Like he's, he's pretty soft spoken. Yeah, he's kind of in that Calvin Johnson role, right? Like that that mold of uh of not as a player type, but just that that persona where he just knows he's good. He's not going to talk a lot of shit. <laughs> He's not very vocal. Pretty nice to have but, leaders of skill players of him and Chubb who but, basically don't say But nothing. I watched that one when he fucking dirted it to Amari, and Amari's like looking at him like, Bro. It's kind of like how I was looking at Mike <laughs> that one trade show. You know, like, oh, man. I'm trying here, but come on. Let's get into questions, man. Let's not hijack the whole AMA. All right? um, Wyatt Johnson said he's uh, flipped Puka for two seconds today. What are your thoughts? Smash. I mean, I'll be honest. I, the two seconds is not that close because it's two, especially now, yep. one of the things I would, I would actually ask you typically is, um, this, I just do this for everybody settings. If you're still here, Wyatt. So is this a lineup league? Is this a best ball league? Those type of things just for context. Mike, let me ask you this best ball. If it's a, be- if it's a best ball, two seconds, I'll take two seconds. Two seconds. Is, I'm a hundred percent. There's no, let me just make sure this is clear. There's no format in which I'm not taking two seconds for Puka today. Okay. Personally. Now, what I want to get to is if it's a best ball league, let's say it's star 11, 12, 13, would you take a single second for Puka if you think it's from a contending team? No. Uh, and no. Th- okay, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. On a best ball team, I'm not going to take that yep. because no, I think you. whether Cooper Cup's coming back or not, I think there's a lot of targets to be had. And in best ball, that means a, something to me. So, and, and what Puka did was very impressive. I need to acknowledge that. And I'd rather hold on and find out if Puka Nakua is that dude, like D-Bro says. And if he's that dude, cool. And now here's where in here's where in lineup especially now in best ball even too right when you get to two seconds just everyone just just take a step back for a second think about this logically Mike where did you draft Puka where everybody here where did you draft Puka in these drafts fourth round okay and that's I've never saw him go in round three other than maybe one draft late when there was a little bit of buzz on the name you know typically a fourth round pick maybe maybe in some years you're saying third okay. Fine. But if we use the average of early fourth, late third, for sake of argument, what, immediately right now when you go to a second round pick, you're already saying 
like forget the player, right? That's the whole idea process. Yep. I'm already cashing a profit. Like literally this is a very short term. I, I drafted sometime in May or prior and I'm cashing out in the first week for a third to a second or a fourth to a second. Yep. That's the single bet, right? Now when it gets to two, just understand for a second now why this is not just a smash, but to me, man, it would be very like, this is what you're saying. If you don't take this offer, instead of cashing out and saying, all right, like I, I reap this reward. Like you're now betting on long term. Like this isn't just a short term play thing anymore. When you get to two seconds, Mike, it's not just what he does right now in the next five weeks in the next season. This is a long term play you're foregoing here with Puka. Yeah. And that's where I can't do that. I'm with you. I'm okay. with you. You just take the profit. Now because you're cashing out back. from a fourth or a third to two seconds, it's too much to the pass. O- the only one that I hesitate to say is is at the QB position. Sometimes that is where you you run into just a little bit of trouble, right? I I, I vividly we... remember, and this is full transparency, and and you know where I was at with Jalen Hurts for the longest time. Okay, I wasn't going to go there. I know where I was going to go. But but I took Jalen Hurts in the third round of a rookie draft one time. Did so you cash out for two seconds? I cashed out for a single second, and I'm like, well, it's fucking, it's profit, right? It's profit. Then look how that turned out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <You know>? Now, <laughs> just say that. So but, the quarterback position, though, can we even go more recent? Yeah. Let's even go more recent. Because, Mike, I think this is another one that you and I cashed out on, and I know you've been vehemently still fighting it. Like, Brock Purdy was found money. Right, but whether whether he's actually good, like forget all that discussion, right? It's the same principle. At the quarterback position, even there, it's different to take a single pick or whatever, right? Do do we have an example of a skill position guy that taking the profit didn't work out in your favor? Absolutely. I mean, we can can definitely find them. I mean, do you want to talk like recently? I mean, where it was so detrimental where you just – you shit on yourself, right? Like the James Robinson or the Elijah Mitchell, those kind of guys will pop up Eventually, all over the place. Eventually, you, you get it back um, right. later on. Uh, well, I tell you what. Let's 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 do an exercise before we get to the questions. Let's go through – let's pull up – I don't think we can use like last – like this year's draft as anything. So let's talk about – I would say even start at 2021, 2020, 2019. Let's use like ADP on those because – that's where you're going to see it. I think there's probably going to be a few examples, but probably overall not that many. And when they are going to be there, to, to your point, it's the quarterback. Like, how many skill guys later? I'm trying to think of receivers that went later that um, really cashed Ter- out. T- Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin was going to be one I, was, I mentioned. So, that was that 2019? When was that? I think that was 2019. Yeah. Okay. That sounds right. Might have been 2018. 18, possibly? Okay. Yeah. It was the Dwayne Haskins draft, right? Because they paired him with the guy that he played college football with. Yep. Because Terry McLaurin would have been one. Um, 2019 NFL draft. Yep. Um, my Ohio State Buckeyes, man, you know. Man, it's so hard to find these dudes. I'm just looking at finishes from last year, like seeing if anybody But t- t- Terry's going to be one of the rare examples. It's like basically you got a – Gabe Davis? Yeah, I mean, but if you took – Mike, what does Gabe Davis go for right now, though, is the difference? True. True. Right, like that's that's what you're comparing it against in in this scenario. Like Gabe Davis doesn't even go for two seconds. Terry, t- shit, Terry probably doesn't even go for two seconds a lot of times. He might though. Running back position, um, James Conner there for a while. Ramondre. Ramondre is one that if you took a single second, 
you know, you, you probably don't want like that now, but what'd you lose? Uh, a second and a third or something like that. Right. He's, he's worth a late first or a couple seconds. It's so hard at the running back position too, because we look at where we were. It's short windows. Right. But let me throw Antonio Gibson because he was a third round pick for most of the time. And then he got damn near, you know, second round, third well, he round. He got multiple picks. The only thing with him though, is that look at it now. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. The point is with the running backs, like, see, the Puka thing is different because let's talk about Terry McLaurin. and Damian Pierce? Yeah, but, Probably. okay, can I just – let me make the point because I don't – yes, currently. But when you look at a running back, like, go go two years down the line, James Robinson, go three years down the line, and you'll have a window in time which they captured some market, and that go it's very, like, you know, here today, gone tomorrow type thing. The wide receiver position, though, if you hit a gem, a true gem at the receiver position, a Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, if you go back, I guarantee you was in this mold, right? Like these type guys, those are different because there's there's insulated value at the receiver position, um, especially dependent on the format. And now this is where in lineup, especially though, Mike, like the bet of Puka Nuakua becomes even more like uh, detrimental at this cost for me, I guess, because even if he's good in the NFL, like even if he's hyper-targeted, even if like he out produces what we hoped, like spending this capital on a wide receiver and lineup that's not a top 24 type receiver for sure. Yeah. Like it just oh. doesn't make sense. So that's why I wanted to bring up the point of a format. And then the, the only caveat I will give to, to all this, like, Oh, by the way, he says it's a, a 10 team lineup, dude. Yeah, Good night. Cause 10 team even makes it more shallow. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> the only caveat I'll get, but just to let you know, this is kind of like playing the lottery. Like this probably ain't happening more times than not. And when we say process over players, you know, like dynasty trades in five, those guys, Sky Connor, uh, you know, our boy Shane, <laughs> this is, this is what we're talking about. But Adam, think about the, uh, the top three tight ends from last year, Travis Kelsey, late round draft pick in your rookie draft. So if you were playing dynasty way back then, George Kittle, Yes. I mean, he was a fifth-round NFL draft pick, for fuck's sake. Tight, en- tight, en- tight ends, yes. Mark Andrews, right? He was actually the tight, the second tight end they drafted in that class. So he was Not going late as shit. Right. But those are the greatest success stories of, like, all time. That's well, why I say it's kind of like playing the lottery. Well, and I think that's actually a good point to the tight end, which I don't really want to get into a huge debate on the tight end or go down this rabbit hole, which we've been down a million times. That's where I think those examples and the way the tight end position works – is what makes it very dangerous um, putting too much into a tight end, the too yeah. young. And then also, basically, if you take any one of these, I think one of the most, I put this as one of the shorts that's done really well, one of the most exploitable tactics in Dynasty, Mike, is simply you draft those tight ends in round three, round four. So at that point, betting on a wide receiver is typically not going to hit. Maybe you find Puka Nakua, but for every one of him you draft, you're going to get a Rakeem Jarrett, all these guys that probably do nothing, clog your roster, and you just <laughs> yes. cut, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. what's you, you draft these tight ends and in lineup leagues you put them on taxi, but when they actually do hit, right? So you have a couple weeks in a window where people can tell themselves a story about Daniel Bellinger, K Dot, and all these different guys, that is an immediate sell candidate. And you're hoping anyone that's tight end needy will buy them from you because typically you're gonna see that it's a very short lasting thing and that they become irrelevant again. The problem is, you know, there are the examples which everyone chases of Kittle, you know, all these guys that were fifth round, like found money and then they're great. So, all right, Mike, the Harry snowman, um, says, I'm going to get to a bunch of questions here, but 
Digging the setup, boys. Any advice on taking ASRB before Hill in a best ball draft? Um, he's referring to doing that just uh, before the season kicked off. Um, I'm imagining he's in our league with uh, Cody and Maddie. So, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Appreciate the uh, the compliments on the setup. Really appreciate that. Um, I, 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 as much as I love Amon Ra, I'm never going to uh, take him before Tyreek. Tyreek has kind of been one of those guys I've been pounding the table for for a long time, and then you see it in week one. And I'm not not just tooting my fucking horn because Tyreek, that, that, that offense, that the connection that he has with, uh, with Tua, if Tua is healthy, this offense is legitimate, you know, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle. Um, I think when a chain comes back, I was talking to my old man the other, uh, the other night, I, I told you about this, Adam, like congratulate him on his win. And yeah. he's like, he's like, ah, the, the running game, blah, blah, blah. Like, trust me when Devon A-Chain comes back. Like, you're going to get another dynamic to this offense that you don't have currently. <laughs> you got that mm-hmm. back that you can throw a screen to, and he can house it as well. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Dad, I'm, I'm telling you, man, this uh, this guy is probably faster than Tyreek or Waddle. <laughs> He's an Olympic-level sprinter. I, I don't say that lightly, but uh, A-Chain yeah, if- being back opens up the offense. I don't know how consistent or usable he'll be for fantasy, but – this offense is dynamic. I want every bit of Tyreek. I want every bit of Waddle. I want every bit of Tua. And I will take my shots, especially in best ball on A-Chain. So Amon-Ra think- is nice and consistent, but you want to talk about consistency. Tyreek also does that as well as explosive, right? We talk about the amount of receptions he had last year in this offense. So I think that's just going to continue. I'm all aboard Tyreek over Amon-Ra. Even though I really like Amon-Ra, Tyreek over Amon-Ra. Yeah, um... By the way, Tyreek Hill uh, said, you know, his goal is 2,000 yards. He got close last year, didn't hit it. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw. Well, the pace is about 3,565 yards as of week one. So, you know. um, Doing well. Imagine imagine passing on him in a a draft. Um, Sorry, Harry Snowman. I had the shot. Had to to give it to you. Um, Appreciate the compliments. All right. Let's get into some questions, Mike. So... We had the Puka one, and let's get into this one here. Chad Young, 12-team Superflex, full PPR. Christian Kirk, 24-301, which I'm guessing that's like a known tanker or your own pick. Uh, Mid-24-second for Ridley. Is this fair? Which side do you want? Is this lineup or best ball, Chad? I don't want to panic right away on on Christian Kirk, but Calvin, really, holy shit, man! That well, that, there, there's the there's two different players. discussions here for me because I kind of agree with you on the first point, but the second point we got to really like talk about. That was electric. This is uh this is format dependent because if it's a a best ball and and not a lineup or a a big lineup, um, if this is if this is a big lineup or a best ball, let me say that. I'm going to take Christian Kirk, the the 301 and the the 24 second, and I'll trade away Calvin Ridley. But if this is it's lineup. start lineup, start nine, start ten. How many starters, start Chad? Old, Mike Mike wants 11. to take the Christian Kirk side, so you need to give him the context so that if it is happens to be in the caveat category, Mike takes Kirk. We can have Fight Club because we just did the trade show and we didn't have one, so we're probably itching we for it anyway. If it if it is like start nine, start ten, start eleven, I'll take Calvin Ridley. I think I'll take Ridley even here and start 12. Fuck you. <laughs> no, but I'm being serious though. Like I, if you get past that in a lineup, oh, like in no. start 12, I can still make the case. Cause Ridley coming off that week is going to have a, an insane market. Um, 
Someone says I want the Kirk side, by the way. So here we go. I mean, it's fair. I'm, I'm not saying. Like... I'm not saying. I'm not saying. By the way, that I can I can't be wrong for saying I want the other side right. and start twelve. I mean, the, have you seen my Cam Akers love? You see me be wrong. Don't act like I'm just start ten. Not close. I, can 10. I just say start ten? I think we need to acknowledge it's not close. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm sorry, Jeff, for all the shit I gave you about uh about uh Calvin Ridley. <laughs> he looked really, really good, man. Really, really good. Dude, he, but, he looked like he had missed the only, beat, and his, his the, footwork looks elite, man. I said, I said it on the recap show. The only thing that plays it in my mind is I just vividly remember me like shitting on Devontae Smith and panicking about him last year doing nothing when the Eagles came out and did nothing but feature A.J. Brown and, and pretty much ignored Devontae Smith. So I don't know if that's the case here, uh, just getting the new toy involved, but damn, he looked good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's hard okay. for me to not do it again. So I, I want to talk about this though. I I don't think Mike. I mean, there, there's getting someone involved, right? And there is like not really getting someone involved, just someone out there just going ham. I mean, yeah. Calvin Ridley from the from the start of this football game made his impact known, and there was no forcing the ball to his way. Like this wasn't like they're. You know, trying to get the ball in his hands, craftily bubble screens, little stuff here and there, just just manufacturing right. touches. This was organic, like a hit number zero. Like we want to get this guy the ball every single time. His and, ass and he, just he, being wide open. He was open off the footwork, and then when he got it in space, right. he did stuff. So like that that's not going away. Now the one point I want to make about um, Christian Kirk, I I think it's scary. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and lie. The difference, like last year, Mike, with Devontae Smith, I, I pushed back quite a bit, and I said, don't panic. And I was one of the only ones. Like, nobody was in the camp of, yeah, don't push back. Because people already made the narrative. The narrative already in all summer was, Devontae Smith's going to be, you know, he's to the right. wolves. He's dead. He's already too small. He's a bad prospect to bet on. He's a senior, all this stuff. Now you got A.J. Brown coming over? Like, they basically showed him his, you know, his tombstone. This is where you're going, right? And. <laughs> Then the zero catches almost cemented it, but there was a lot of like untruthfulness to that, and he proved it over the course of the season. The one difference here is like Christian Kirk. I know he's a good prospect as far as like betting profile, but not someone that I'm like overly bullish on as a as a prospect. I like the kid. I think he did very well last year, and I think that he still will have a role in this offense. So I'm going to push back on like if you think he's just dead. I don't think that's necessarily the case. So. I'm not going to sit here and act like Christian Kirk's, you know, here's your tombstone, here's the grave you're going into. But at the same time, what is a little concerning to me was Zay Jones had a decent game, right? Like Evan Ingram yeah. had some stuff. This offense with a quarterback as good as Lawrence, I want to just make sure that I, my point's clear. I think Christian Kirk is good enough to earn targets that are going to come whichever wherever Trevor Lawrence puts them. It could have been just one game where he didn't get a lot. But that guy has developed a ton. Trevor Lawrence looks great, right? And I think one of the things we have to acknowledge with a guy that's a great passer like that, and he has all these weapons, if you're not Christian Kirk who's going to always earn the targets, like he may just be kind of uh, funneled out just naturally in games. But I don't think I'm just like hitting the panic button like it's over for Christian Kirk, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was your way of letting him down real easy. Sorry, Christian. Yeah. Calvin Ridley, though, in a start 10. Back to the main point. Yeah, I'll Calvin Ridley in a start it. 10 is easy. Um, yeah. No the second, the second to go up from Christian Kirk coming off that week to Calvin Ridley, I'm already for going. 
301, like, I mean, th- those are pieces that can buy you spot starts. And in start 10, I'm not as worried about losing those yep. if I get the, the stud of Calvin Ridley. So, yep. Okay. Banger trade just went down in shit auction five. Wilson, JSN, Tank for Bourne, Chase, Burks, Kyron, Williams. Huh. Which will, that, that's Garrett Wilson? I don't know. Let me pull it up. We're, I'm in shit auction. We're both five. in shit know. auction five. I'm, Are you sure? Because you, you sat out a lot of leagues. <laughs> I sat out like two leagues, but it's all right. Here we that's go. I got the trade right here. Garrett Wilson, Tank Dell, JSN 24 second, or Jamar Chase, Traylon Burks, Kendrick Bourne coming off a huge week, and Kyron Williams as well. Oh, give me Castle Black side on this one. So Castle Black guy, Kendrick Bourne, which yep. uh, in a best ball. <laughs> The way he looked week one, not like, that I'm like thing, all the, aboard. Well, the thing to note is ninety one ninety one percent snaps. Like he's yeah. he's a he's a full time player too. He got Jamar Chase, best asset in the entire deal, absolute unit stud. Even though he's shit on the elves, you mm. don't think he's gonna have these kind of games every single week? Definitely not. You know, he doesn't play the Browns eighteen, you know, seventeen games a, a season. So lucky for fun. him, he wouldn't want those elves out there doing that to him. So so the way I would break this down is uh uh. Garrett Wilson and JSN for Jamar Chase. Um, in a best ball, I'll probably take Garrett Wilson and JSN. Even though the Garrett Wilson thing was Zach Wilson, people are losing their fucking minds, right, and panicking. Um, you know, I'd still favor the two for one, right, easily. Okay. You're, you're, <laughs> still, this is Chase and Burks versus JSN and Wilson. You'll take the Wilson side, you're saying, right? You throw Burks into it, at, I want the, the Chase and Burks side, no question. Oh, you, oh okay. I was going to say, you're, so this is just Chase I was just versus doing, Wilson and I was just doing JSN. Chase versus Wilson and JSN. Got it, okay. And then uh, Burks for a second, Tank Dell, I don't give a shit. And then Kyron Williams is free. Kendrick Bourne is free. Well, I think part of the way this deal was structured, and I mean, Shane, if you're in here, uh, these are two, you know, Savage team members, guys that are, in the league with us, you know they 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 know how we they know that we're gonna come straight up and tell you no bullshit, right? You could have DM'd, you know, each of you could have picked one. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I'll say is Jamar Chase, right? In a best ball, we talk a lot of times about this is an asset that you can a lot of times get. Like you could, it's worth trading because yep. of the rewards you can reap, right? So to your point, like I'll take I'll take Wilson and JSN ahead of Chase. Burks is not someone I'm like extremely bullish on anymore. Um, but if it's Chase and Burks versus those two, I'm with you. I want the Chase side. Like basically, I put it like this: the reason we try to trade Chase a lot of times in best ball is the asset number, right? So it's multiplication of assets is so great, or the overall value just outweighs what Chase individually means in a lineup league, in a best ball league. That's a lot of times the dynamic of why trading chase is so good. The problem is in a, be- in a shit league, and this is in something to keep in mind in best ball leagues that are deep, as this becomes more of a thing that people know, mainstream, if you want to call it that, for best ball, where we know that it's important to have enough pieces. Like, this is where I don't advise trading chase if you're not getting that type of a haul. Like, that's the reason we advise trading chase. If you're trading Chase and it feels like it's fair value, I want the yeah. Chase side, right? Like that's that's gonna be the way it is unless it's a four for one, three for one type thing. Well, if you're getting four assets, Mike, and if you're contending, you tell me you get Kyron Williams and Kendrick Bourne to your point, where like those are the pieces. A lot of times in the deal, if it's close, just just throw me those and I'll make deals happen over time where I just make my team deep. You get that plus the Chase side. 
Shane, I, I mean, Shane, you know I love you to death, man. I just, but I got to be transparent. This is not a deal I would have made. Shane, I'll tell you, you know why you're. you're By the way, he up. he's one of the guys that was bought. Uh, you talking about the setup? He just bought. You no, know, it's coming to his house very soon. The the sweet fucking <laughs> South Harmon neon light. So I, I love you to death too, Shane. But you know, since you're in such a giving mood, you know, hit, hit a guy up, man. Hit a brother up. Let's go. <laughs> you know, you just gonna well, give away. Uh, he gave us a few extra bucks towards it because I think it was like high fives. He threw us six, so I'll make sure that we get you, you know, a drink because um, that's <laughs> that's I think the giving mode oh, here. Cat, Castle Black owes him a drink. <laughs> Castle Black owes him a Castle Black man a it, dinner. You know nice what's funny? Dinner. Can I tell you what's funny? Who, who accepted this deal? Because Castle Black's in the chat and I don't see Shane, and it feels Shane accepted it. Okay, sorry Shane. You know, couldn't make it to AMA to even you know talk about it either. Um, love it. All right, so let's see what we got here. I love it. All right, Mike, help me find some questions. Um, oh, we got any? Yeah, we got plenty. <laughs> Hold on, what's this about? Repuka. Sometimes you need to listen to the coach. Puka has been living in Cooper's back pocket for months. The coaches have been moving him all over from the start. Yeah, well, I mean, okay, so Harry Snowman, let me just say this. The sometimes part needs to be all caps, asterisks around it, because the danger is there are times, yes. I don't disagree on sometimes I would say very few times, though, because what you also get and you have to be very careful of and conjecture offseason is if you listen to the coaches by and large, like you would have believed that Antonio Gibson was going to get the Christian McCaffrey role. That's, you know, uh, J.D. McKissick was going to get the Christian McCaffrey role. That, Sky Moore was Sky. good at football. That LaVisca Chenault, <laughs> that Urban Meyer was building the offense around LaVisca Chenault. Like, there are tons and tons of very dangerous coach speak things, too. Right, so, right. it's not – the point's not wrong. It's that you have to, like – got to be very good at filtering out bullshit and what you think is, you know, coach speak versus what's real. And that that right. that's why I think this statement is not necessarily wrong. It's just that you have to be – man, you got to be diligent about which ones you're listening to and which I'm, ones you're not, right? I, I've heard that stuff, too, like – you know, teams will tell you exactly what they want to do. <laughs> like teams have told me bullshit for years, years. Mike, as can many I tell examples you? you want to fucking give me that you're right about. You know, can, listen to the teams. I can give you fifty that are bullshit. Can you I know, tell JD you, Jamie McKissick's the next Chris McCaffrey? I've heard that shit out of fucking Ron Vera's mouth. So if you go back to going into the 2021 season, and like this for me is one of the things that's so frustrating for like my love of a single player cam makers, right? Yeah. You want to talk about coach speak before he tore his Achilles in the summer. Um, it was pretty early in the summer, right? There was all kind cause he played so well down the stretch. I mean, he was literally, um, the only thing they had going for them during that playoff run and they beat Seattle, but there was so much hype on him. And, and, and literally you had McVay talking about, this is a, this guy is special. He's built different. He's a workhorse. Yeah. He's a three down back. Like that was literally the wording that he used. Okay, now I know he went through an Achilles injury and all that, but understand that since that point, he could not be in Sean McVay's eyes and usage any further from a three-down back that ever's existed on planet Earth. Mike, 35% snaps last week when you're saying this is the this is the year he finally gets to Sean McVay, like all that other stuff's out of there. It's like the Ayuk doghouse. It just went on longer. It never. It was never true. It was never a true statement. There's no way he ever viewed him as a three-down back because he doesn't play him on third downs ever. 
But to, not to mention that that's not even playing them on every single first and second down. So, yep. um, not a bad point. I just think you got to be really careful of which ones you're buying into. So tough, man. I don't <clears> think anybody's got a good formula yet. Like people point out their wins, but they never point out the losses. <laughs> just saying. I mean, but you're it's okay to have. That's misses. also it's also like you're gonna miss all the time, right? But you just want to be more often right than wrong. Speaking, like, I give T-Rock mad props. If, if you haven't checked it out yet, too, go to SouthHarmonFF.com. Go to articles. T-Rock is doing some fantastic work writing articles. I thoroughly enjoy them every time they come out. And we got to change that schedule to, say, Tuesdays because he needs all these data points. So <laughs> let's, let's get that updated. But T-Rock's awesome. But at the same point, I give the man praise, and then he comes with me with fucking Jeff Wilson. <laughs> Michael, it's not. It, by the Damn way, it. his uh, the T Rockness is not is not nearly done. No, um, he's got other questions in here with eggplants on him, all that. Um, oh no! You mean when Jeff Wilson comes back, Mike? Um, thoughts? I do not. I do not mean when Jeff Jeff Wilson's fine for you know any RB on a fifty three or best ball stash. T Rock, here's what I can tell you: if you value you know the ability to write and put value on our website, which we very much value. Um, I think what you're gathering here and what you should be gathering if you don't, you know, is this isn't coach speak, by the way, if you put, if your next article is about Jeff Wilson, um, you know, it's, you can consider that your resignation letter to Mike. So, um, (laughs) consider it a resignation. I love it. All right. That's, you know, yeah, you do what you want with your articles. I'm just, I'm just, you know, friend, friendly advice. All right. Speaking of which, let's get to another T-Rock question since he's, he's hot as it is right now. Do you have any shares of Swift to sell to me? Sounds like you guys are panicked on him. I got plenty to sell to you. <clears throat> T-Rock, well, let me ask you this. Since you're so bullish, what are you buying for? Like, what's yeah. the, what is the cost <laughs> of, what is that's the offer? The, that's the real T-Rock question because, you know, his first initial offer isn't his best offer. Well, hold on because I think I saw it somewhere in the chat, but if it isn't there, I want to make sure. T-Rock, you told me, listen, I know, like, this is Garrett Wilson's year two first and a second. Then when I said, let's make the deal, you said, ah, I don't think I want to do it. How are we talking now? That was, that was when Aaron Rodgers was in town. Um, what are we sending to you? Don't give me these, these crying emojis. What are we sending? Yes. <laughs> don't come on but here you- with your hypothetical bullshit. Listen T rock. You're a content creator now. So just so you know, if you say something, you got to stick to it. We're going to hold you to it. No, you bullshit. know what? These these Don't AMAs are my You're are becoming frog. they're becoming some of my favorites, Mike. There's comments, but uh, if I missed a question, let me know because I don't. Oh, here we go. How much fab for Zach Wilson in twelve team superflex starting on PPR? The, this will kind of depend on whether you think you can flip Zach Wilson. Because let's be honest, man, I got into a big long fucking argument <clears throat> in our Discord with our patrons. Savage, love those guys to death. <clears throat> But Jesus Christ, we were talking about a start eight with Brock Purdy, and somebody got a first for him, and I said that's a massive win. Adam, a start eight super flex. If you're starting Brock Purdy in a start eight super flex, your team's fucked. <laughs> like, I don't even care if you think he can well, be you QB aren't, 13. Well, you aren't – I would say this. You're not fucked if you start him, but if you send a first for him, that's that's the quickest way to be fucked, right? Like, that's – perfect. If you picked him up on your team, you, you can play him if that's so, – so let me say this is Zach the point Wilson. you're making. Be, I know what you're saying, though. I'll be the biggest Zach Wilson stand there is out there, right? Like I knew this guy was not will get be another opportunity. Just you are, but yeah, yeah I'm I, with you. I knew he would get another opportunity. I've said as much. I didn't think it was going to come so goddamn soon. Nobody okay? did. 
<clears throat> in a start nine, though, Adam, I don't want to start Zach Wilson in a super flex spot at all. Now, if he's out there on waivers, like how much fab would I spend for him? If it's dynasty, I'm only thinking about like, is there a dummy out there that would pay me a second for Zach Wilson? And if there's a dummy out there that would pay me a second for Zach Wilson, he's probably how much is a second rounder pick if it was worth if, sitting out there on waivers and fab? How much is that worth to you? To me, that's worth all my damn budget. <laughs> like another second? Yes, mm. it's, I would empty the clip on Zach Wilson if I knew for a fact I could trade him to some dumbass. Pro- who, who would give me a second? I guess in <clears throat> to your point though, Mike. So, well, I think you got to talk about it at least in two lines because one, I I think part of the problem with trading Zach Wilson is now, like, look, can we? I, I just I, we have to acknowledge the way that the community views him. Oh, they fucking hate him. But Mike, <laughs> they so, so hate him. I know they do. But that that to my point means that now he is uh, more like this running back type thing where you're like okay what is he going to give me in the one year window and everyone's going to say even if he's the starter which i can't guarantee he is it's going to be shit so like i think the reality of you trading him in any format let alone start nine is probably not high now let me ask you this mike you have two quarterbacks or you have a third that you think you can play with like are you willing to say zach wilson could be your quarterback three on a team in a start nine and if so now what kind of fab budget would you roll on him? Because that's probably the lens that's going to happen. I think a safe bet for me, and I, you know how I am with like fab. Like I usually like to hang on to it towards the end uh, and be more of that hammer. But when these uh, these quarterbacks, and, and listen, I'm telling you, Zach Wilson is probably starting for the rest of the year for the Jets, barring him being absolutely fucking horrible, which people out there in the Twitter streets will fucking tell you he is horrible. Listen, I don't believe it. I thought he played fairly decent other than that interception. I was like, Zach, what the fuck are you doing there? <laughs> like, you threw it right to this guy. But even the the touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson while I was off target, at least he gave his, his playmaker an opportunity to make a play. Some of those dudes will just fucking throw that five yards out of bounds, and Garrett Wilson has zero chance to make a play, even if it's in danger. I thought Zach Wilson did a lot of things. And maybe it's the hard knocks and the mentorship from fucking Aaron Rodgers. Like, I thought Zach Wilson really took some steps forward. But, Adam, if he's just my QB3, like, that's the best case scenario. I would say maybe, like, 20% 20 of my budget because it's a starting quarterback in Superflex and one that is fairly secure, at least for 2023, as of having a starting job. So you don't really put yourself in that position of uh, panicking. But, Adam, I'm telling you, though, if if I knew for a fact there's some sucker out there who really desperately needs a Zach Wilson, sure, like the Aaron Rodgers owner, fine. the Aaron Rodgers owner, if he was starting in that guy's Superflex, I'd just empty the clip and go, I'll just roll the dice for the rest of the year with my fab budget. I, I don't disagree. If you if you know or you have a strong like inclination that you have a manager that either hurt, has a quarterback get hurt or whatever that you can flip him to, I have zero disagreement with you on that point, okay? But yeah. it's just I just don't think that's a um, standard, typical practice going to be had. I, if you do think so, there's a quarterback desperate manager. They're sniffing around, and they're like, they've been you know scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yes, at, do what you got to do. Go get them and make it actual, like turn Fab into something real, right? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Found some other questions while we're talking Zach Wilson. Start to Javante Williams, London, or Elijah Moore oh, for this week. Starts at questions already. Um, yeah, we get we get ready we get down in the muck before waiver hits we get start set questions. Give me Javante in London. 
I I kind of expect like maybe a, a little bit of a passing game rebound for Atlanta this week. So Javante right, so for better sure, than a zero burger. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please, I'm going back to the well. Zero burger. Javante in London would be the two that. I would How'd start. you feel about Javante looking? I know you were pretty he, he, not into it. Yeah. Um. You know, like the fantasy points weren't really there. No, I know. Um, I'm but talking I about looking. He, yep. I thought he looked pretty good on the field, and it's kind of that that weird thing where Brees Hall looked ten times better than I thought he was ever going to be off an ACL. So I've I've been on record saying like I think Brees Hall is going to surprise people, and he did. I, I also said it might not take place till later in the year, and uh, here you go, week one. Hey, how I, about I thought, that, I that cut? Good. That cut on that injury that Brees had, like the, the the knee that was bad, like that was crazy. What's a good pivot and, for London in the lineup league? Go ahead. And, and J- Javante wasn't really like babied into the the role either. Not at all. By the way, uh, Eric, this is for you, Samaj P. Ryan. Um, you know, yikes. Me, not, he's, not, not he's into okay. It. He still looks slow as shit. Not into it. Who is a good pivot for London in the lineup league? So if you have Drake London, you want to pivot off of him. You want to get off. Of You're him. hoping that I, I think one of the problems is like. Is that, even if, that, even if there's a great market, it's probably come down a touch, right? That Brandon Ayuk window has slammed shut, hasn't it? Like that's not an option anymore. I would Can say I this say though that? that 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 one for one I don't think is necessarily off the table, but it's uh that you never used to have to do that one for one. This is the one I, I think if people still want to hold on to the the Drake London thing, which I think he's probably fine. Like I'm not panicking. Adam, can you get Zay Flowers and any kind of plus? But what is that? I don't give a shit. A third. Yes, I, I'm going to go on record, and you guys tell me what you think. If you Second. have shares, vice versa, I think you could absolutely get Zay in a third. Um, I'll take Zay a enough. second Zay right enough. now. Might be a little more troublesome Tough. for somebody. Tough, but maybe you can get it done. Yeah, start there. See what I th- happens. I, I think people have been itching for Drake London by by lows, and they might think this is the best time for it. I'm curious what you guys all think right now of Drake London in a pivot too. Would you go, like, if you had Zay Flowers coming off of that great game where he was hyper-targeted? I don't know if you saw that chart, Mike. They have air yard share and basically targets um, in, a, in a line going across. Like, Yeah. Zay Flowers is all the way to the right on an island of just targets. Like, the air yard share wasn't there. They were just – but he was the first read, essentially. Uh, that's what it was, actually, first read yeah. versus air yard share. First read every time, so – it's good for him to see an offense with Lamar and Munkin. Like, hey, I mean, I know Andrews is out, but first read every time, uh, that's pretty big. I, w- I would say I would rather have in like a shallow league probably still London because I think the market will dictate at some point that he bounces back to your point. Um, yeah. But I, I just really like what I saw from Zay. And if you talk so do with, I. Uh, so do I. You listened to uh, the podcast I did with Cody Carpentier yesterday that came out the South Arm Spotlight. We got towards it at the end of the show. The The beginning of the show is always focused on uh, the creator and their journey right. and, you know, talking life. Um, but the end, you know, we get some nuggets thrown in there. Big Zay Flowers guy. And uh, I really like what I saw from Zay Flowers. I know the analytics guys are going to throw up fucking ADOT and yada, yada, yada. And I get sure. it. I like analytics too. But uh, the usage and how involved he was and even, like, the targets that he got, you know, uh, didn't get. He's running routes downfield. It wasn't just Rondell Moore bullshit, right? It wasn't just behind the line of scrimmage all the time. So I, I would say – I, I, By the way, I, I don't disagree on Zay Flowers. I think he looked great. Um, if you have Zay Flowers shares, you, I don't think you could have expected anything even 
definitely not as not not as good as that, and it definitely not better. So as good as you could hope for. I would say um, the reason for me is I think London and a lineup league might carry more weight, but I think Zay Flowers and a plus is a good pivot. I think the reality for you is That's this fair. though, um, Thad, if you're gonna do this pivot, like I, I think the problem is going to be like because for you, if you're making a pivot right now, you're basically saying I don't think he's secure enough as an asset on a contender. And if you want to flip him one for one, like if you're talking really pivot like that, if you're not doing a teardown, you're not going to be in the range where you think you need to be. I, personally, I just, I feel very strongly about that. Like who are you pivoting right now for Mike one for one to your point? Like Brandon Ayuk, is that even on the table anymore? Maybe. Could you do Calvin Ridley? Maybe. But again, you're going to have to find the scenario, Thad, of a, a guy like that, right? So it's a guy that can absolutely smash. As you saw, both those guys popped off tremendously week one but their age value and their market value is not nearly as secured where drake london is this young guy that eventually will pop so michael pittman i think you can get pittman done for sure but i just don't know if like that's even a pivot that you want to make if you're that one for one honestly i think i think people sometimes are holding i'm not saying you wouldn't i'm saying i think people had drake london in this top 12 dynasty category and they're not like ready to go to a top 20 i'm not like super panicked but i'm open to moving down a few spots in market value to to get somebody that I feel more secure about, at least for 2023, because Arthur Smith doesn't really show an inclination. And if he keeps winning games like this, he's not going to show an inclination for passing the football. Like, he's got no reason to. We'll just get Bijan and Tyler Algier heavily involved and maybe take a shot or two to Kyle Pitts. Ta-da. This is I, our offense. I don't disagree on the contending side for Drake London and Arthur Smith and all that at all. I'm just meaning that, like, I, I, we're on the same page. Um, all right, so let's get into some other questions here, and then we got to probably get Mike out of here because for those of you that don't know, Mike is on a very early schedule this week. And, That's um, fine. Uh, we'll, get it. well, we'll get some questions. I'm just saying I don't want to – we're not going to be here I got, like, all I got night. till 10 at least. Okay, so all right, we got 20 minutes. There you go. Let's do that. Okay, all right. Oh, here's Mike's favorite question. I'll let you read it. No. Nobody on podcast is going to be able to hear that. So, Mike, read it aloud, please, for the group. Would I buy Gainwell instead of Swift and Dicey? No, I'm not really buying into Kenny. If you're Gainwell. on podcast, I feel bad because I really wish you could have just seen the couple different faces that Mike made and still the one here. Eyebrow Gate's coming back, I think. Listen, I'm not really into Swift anymore either. Um, you know, I'm just kind of done with this 2020 running back class, to be completely honest. But Gainwell, no, I'm not really buying into this shit either. Okay, like, let me let me pass. ask. Can I pass on both? You, you can do whatever you please, and as you guys, if you don't know, he McNutt always does whatever he pleases. He 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 <laughs> asks and he pass, but you know he's not asking permission. So get out of here with that question. Let me ask you a question though. Mm. AMA, ask me anything. Ask Mike anything. What is the cost? So, what is Gainwell's current market? What does that look like? I know you're not looking to buy him you've been a staunch proponent against Gainwell and still are based on usage and not producing but my question to you is what does it cost currently uh audience if you want to everyone in the chat if you want to let me know what you think his like current market is have you seen some trades go down what does that look like and then we can have a more actionable discussion because we're not there's no way Mike for you and I that we're advocating buying for Swift unless it's like a fourth right like there's just Yeah, like I, I would be nice and say like a third is what I'd buy for, but there's so Swift. many other running backs I could get for a third that I'd feel more comfortable with, to be completely honest. Like I that's think, kind of the state we're in. I think, listen, if you send a third for him, obviously 
if if somehow and this is a like can we acknowledge this is becoming a massive if if he ever gets work in Philly's offense like maybe there's something there but Mike, the the cost of the opportunity cost, if this is just a name that we're hoping out again for, like yeah, you lost a third, so okay, whatever, fine. That's what most people are gonna think. But Mike, what if I have that third now and I can go package it later with another third or a yeah running back or something, and and I can actually buy a you know a guy with a secure workload, a Miles Sanders type or something like. I, it's not worth the third to me. I know that sounds crazy as a Swift lover. Uh, Dynasty Alex, I pray that you've covered your ears. you got earplugs somewhere. Harry, Harry Snowman hit it. The answer is neither. <laughs> I'm not I'm not actually saying you can't pass. I, I think, though, Mike, I want for you to actually say you're going to pass on both. I want to know that you know what the current market really looks like and what I have that – no idea. Like, would you pay a third for game one, one for one right now? No. No. Really? No. But we, no. but if you were, but if you were saying it's it's an argument for Swift, nope. Why not for Gainwell then? Is my question. Nope. I'm gonna hold that third for liquidity, and there's okay. about a billion other running backs I can buy that can give me Kenny Gainwell production for a third. Okay, so but was the argument with Swift or when just the discussion, not even the argument? Like you were saying. So if you're telling me gun to my head, I got to pick one of them for a third. Who am I buying? There you go. DeAndre Swift. I knew it. He couldn't do it. You see, you see this, and this is how I'm going to tell you guys, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm preaching to the choir here, all you guys, because Mike is going to ask, "Can I pass?" and pretend like, "Oh, this is di-. no." He's not dismissing this question. There is ulterior <laughs> motives that he's trying to avoid, and I've been around long enough to sniff these motherfuckers out, and I'm finding the answers, and I'm helping <laughs> you guys know that he's saying that at this point. He's making everybody know this. He's saying at this point, and that's okay, you can, that he's taking Swift over Gainwell, which is my point. Right now, instead of, if they're the same cost, the answer should be Gainwell based on usage. I totally agree, Mike, that we would much rather see Swift getting all those carries because Gainwell did not look effective. He looked terrible, honestly, in my opinion. I didn't think that he looked very good at all. But this offense, this offensive line – there's probably some games if you just kept playing him or he's in best ball that like he'll make your lineup if he's going to get that type of work, even though he's inefficient. And I'm not the biggest believer in Gainwell. What I can tell you is I've seen enough of Swift not playing to be concerned. Anyway, all right. The answer is Mac Jones. There it is. What's the feeling in Daniel Jones still a target if you can get him cheap? What's a good buy price? I think he, I think he's fine. Um, the only like caveat I'll have is there was there was people pushing this bullshit narrative about Daniel Jones being like top five upside. Fuck out of here. <laughs> right? It's Daniel Jones with no weapons outside of Darren Waller. Top five upside was never fucking in the play. Like Bar- stop it. It's the you same were delusional. As, well, it's the same as Barkley's still there, right? And when, the big thing I, I'm telling you, Mike, I just want to like make sure everybody knows this is one of the things I was shocked at, and I'm glad they at least. Gabe Barkley, whatever the additional compensation was for the year. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine paying Ben Jones. So, because you probably have analytics, you're saying the quarterback position is so much different than the running back position. But the blindest person that watches football, so um, what I'm when I mean that is like literally they don't see anything. Like Barkley is clearly the reason, and a big reason why that offense, when it was successful, which wasn't all that secure weekly he was a massive part of it imagine like that team that just did that with Barkley out there imagine if he's missing this week imagine if he's not on the franchise tag like 
what kind of asinine thing are you thinking about? Possibly right, going out there without Barkley week one. You just paid Danny Dimes. To do what? You're going to look like an idiot, man. Imagine that, yeah. bro. It's, it, it, honestly, this is insane to me. Listen, the Cowboys' defense is, is awesome. And I'm okay buying into Daniel Jones, but you're buying into him at, you know, maybe back-end QB1 tops. So, I, And when I say back-end, I mean like QB11, QB12. To QB maybe that like QB 11, f- right. 14, 15 range. Like that, that's sure. where you're buying into him at, and that's where he should have fucking been all season. But some people push this fucking narrative that he's got top five upside because he runs a little bit. I, passing, I regret writing pass. that article on the the newsletter, by the way. He he runs at him, but his passing wasn't very good. He's got no fucking weapons, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's never historically been good, <laughs> like that kind of good. So it is what it is. Like, you're getting a uh, – how about this? You're getting a discount Justin Fields, and that's all you were getting, <laughs> right? Like, you're getting a discount, and by discount I also mean price, and by discount I also mean fucking production. You're getting a discount, Justin Fields, because he's not as explosive as Justin Fields. He doesn't bring that element. So no, he can run. I get it. Sneaky athletic, if that's what you want to call him. But this top five upside, that was a fucking pipe dream, and anybody selling that was ludicrous. They were crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think there was a – I think there's still, honestly, as crazy as this might sound, I think there's still back-end quarterback one, high-end quarterback two in play for him for the season. Like, I think – Yep, that's I, fine. To answer the question – if you can get them cheap, like I've never, even last year, I've never believed in Daniel Jones, the player, but let's acknowledge in fantasy, we don't have to care about that once he's paid now, right? There's a secure enough time where, so buying him cheap, Mike, what does that look like? What would you pay for Daniel Jones right now to answer the question? I, I'll give a first easily because he's a quarterback. Um, We're talking on a non-rebuilder contender just by yeah. the first. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I would consider throwing a second in if I really needed a quarterback, like really needed a quarterback format dependent. But that, I mean, I'd prefer just to send some other piece that's not actually quite a, worth a, a second. A Jawan Johnson or something? A Kenneth Gainwell. There you go. A third. Um, yeah. Could you send DeAndre Swift and Daniel Jones? There you go. Oh. Send that. Yeah. All right. Um, facetiously asked. How much fab and redraft 16 team one quarterback Koopa? Don't you do this, all right? You put out the A warp. We're proud of you. You've he, done a great job. About, he's talking about uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, I stuff. know exactly what he's talking about, and I'm telling listen, you, you're gonna, listen, you're there's gonna no table to, talk here, all right? You're going to have to go over 50% because I'm in that league. I was going to say, I I also know I, I won't do table talk, but I know that I'm not going to bid what Mike bids. So I'm consider me out man uh i'm I'm out of the discussion he's out listen t-rock here's what i'll tell you whether you whether we have receipts or not in the dms i was asking for that because you wouldn't pay the additional price on top of the two so if you want to just do the two and here's the other thing the hypocrisy from you this guy that wants to write you know all these articles all this elaborate stuff and then backtrack on things in front of people i mean like we got 47 people not that many but enough for him to say like have some respect for yourself don't lie to these people they they deserve to be honest how much fab if, if puka happened to be out there mike how much if puka happened to be out there in dynasty adam i would say if he's out there it's probably in a smaller bench it's probably in a smaller starting lineup um you know if it's a best ball league i mean jesus spend whatever the fuck you want right like best ball different Smaller lineup league. Here, here, com- 
here comes look at look at T Rock coming here, man. I might throw like five, ten percent of Puka in a smaller lineup league. Best ball or deeper deeper lineup leagues, Adam? I mean shit, you could probably open that up to like fifty percent. If you're in one of these fucking shit leagues that's roster thirty five and for some god awful reason Puka Nakua is out there. Blow your entire fucking budget. I don't give a shit at this point. <laughs> like, might as well. Well, I would tell you, I'm not going to say. Dude, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm opposite. Get of you. For a first today, like well, fucking a. Thank you. So I'm not going to say I'm opposite of you, but I'm more like okay. Let me just tell you what I think. In lineup, okay. Now your point, you're saying like five or ten percent because I I agree in principle, like keeping him on my team in the long term bet. Yeah. Like I I'll. I'll I would almost in lineup spend 50, 40, 30, 60, lock the asset up because I almost know for a fact that Fab is now converted to a draft pick. And in lineup, there you go. In lineup, you go. I have a hard time, other than like quarterbacks that hit the market, like I know I'm going to block quarterbacks or like running backs. If I know I can get 60% of my budget, 70% of my budget, I, I don't think you have to go that high. But my point is in lineup, I'm securing the bag. Do whatever you got to do to get the bag because I think you can flip him right now for at least a second to that point of Wyatt, two seconds. It's a it's a guaranteed flip on acquiring. Now, <laughs> do, you, do you remember a couple of years ago, uh, Davis Mills, right? Oh, yeah. You uh, basically put, what was it like? It was something really high. Like 75% of my budget or something like that. People were laughing. How? Who's yeah, laughing Nobody now? bid shit. And then Davis Mills made my lineup like three times in a best ball league. So who's who's laughing? But the the point is, uh, Adam, like I, I really agree with your fucking point about it. Even in a smaller lineup, like you'd probably still get pretty aggressive because you might be able to turn that into a draft pick in a dynasty league. Somebody almost guaranteed is buying Puka. Re- redraft, if it was a redraft, though. Like are you as aggressive? Oh, well, like he says in dynasty. Oh, uh, in redraft? Just, just if, if I if I in redraft, let's say I had a, um, let's say I had like one, my, one of my wide receivers that I drafted earlier was Garrett Wilson. I'm kind of concerned now. Like I I don't hate if it's if I have seven or eight bench spots, like giving a shot on it. Okay, but I do think that you got to be careful of like if you blow your whole load and this Puka Nakua thing becomes a one week wonder, yeah. you're gonna hate that because in redraft, there's a lot of times that that waiver wire is really. <laughs> Juicy, right? You remember all those people blowing their fucking wad on Clydeurs Hilaire no. last year? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, but anyway, I, I think I think in, I think in lineup, I'm I'm bidding a ton. I think in best ball, I still will. The only caveat I'll make in best ball, Mike. Now, to your Davis Mills point, if I know there's a starting quarterback that's going to be the starter for the full season, I'm basically in. And that's where Zach Wilson. The problem is they could trade for one because Robert Salah. If you look at his face when he knew it was official. Like, that was the face of, I don't really want this kid playing quarterback. But even Zach Wilson, I'll bid and bid on, and if he gives me three weeks. Puka Nakua is one of those assets where, like, I could probably replace receiver. So, like, I don't want to blow my entire budget on Puka Nakua because um, I think I can hammer it down later. But I, I'd say this. Be aggressive in both formats. Be aggressive in any format. If you think he's um, someone that the market is going to want and you can flip, just be aggressive. Yep. I'm with All you. Right. 12-team Superflex, uh, trying to check. we got eight minutes with Mike. 12-team Superflex, start 11. Burrow owner has Ridley. I think I can get Burrow straight up for T-Law, or should I just hold on to T-Law? Mm. I didn't think we'd get the nut cut in time. This is, this, is a, this is a question that needs to be had. Joe Burrow. All right. Is it 
Can I ask you this seriously? Because I, I think that, to the thumbnail's point, like this is a, this is an, uh, this is a uh, matchup that hasn't gone his way overall for his career. Yeah. But if you look at his career, it's a plentiful. He's the highest paid quarterback now. But I, I, the reason I want to ask this is, like, realistically, I'm not even saying you that Burrow's not the correct answer because I think probably I would do the same. But what is, what's the difference now? Like, what is the difference in these two assets? Because um, th- this is an offer to him. He's getting Burrow straight up. Or he says, I think I can get it. So if you had T-Law, like, would you attach something light to get this done? Or is it close enough to where you're saying it's one for one or I'm out? I think I would go with a second. But that's tops. Top dollar right there. It ain't going to be a first. I'm with you. So, well, it's, I, I would say this. I, I would tell you this in any single format. I don't care. Line up, start five. I want the first. I want the first. I'm being, I'm being serious. <laughs> hey, don't give the fucking people the idea because they're going to go out four. <laughs> I don't care what format you make or form or do. Single quarterback, double double quarterback, super flex, three quarterbacks, a first in T-Law, every format. Try me. I won't join your league, but try me. <laughs> I'm not joining any lineup. I'm not start joining five. your lineup start five, but I'll give you my fucking analysis. All right, that's um, fucking great. No, but I mean seriously. So, like, all right, twelve team uh, start eleven here. Would you take a second in T Law for your borough? I think I might. I think I might. I just I know. Approach. Is is it hot takey to say that they're not quite, but close to a tier? Yep. Okay. I, I put them in different tiers, but they're they're very close. neck and neck, right? Okay, that's yep. where I'm at. Like, I yep. if you give I'm me a choice you. on a draft board, I'm taking Burrow, but the difference in cost for me, like, I'm getting very comfortable with my Trevor Lawrence uh, love and full full transparency. I got Joe Burrow at QB four and Trevor Lawrence at seven, so you're talking two players in between them. <laughs> so. All right, let's uh, let's. Oh man, we got they're flowing. They always come in late here. Shane's late to the party. Shane. Game on here. <laughs> Coop, I already hit him. Scroll back 40 minutes. Get your trade review. Oh, shit. Spoiler alert. Not very good. Here's what I, I hope that you get the uh, South Harmon uh, neon light before you get to that part. Uh, <laughs> Listen, but. I can't really see it like too well. Um, like, I got to zoom in. But is that a, a fucking, uh, uh, was that Les Grossman from okay. Tropic Thunder? Is I think it is. I, I think that's it is. A, I also can't Tom, tell. Tom Cruise as Les Grossman. That is. That's the more <laughs> that's I made it bigger epic. a couple of times. That's fantastic. Listen, I change. I change the whole trade analysis. <laughs> change your wins. <laughs> Here, can I make? Can I do this? Oh, yes, that is Les Grossman. Let's fucking go, <laughs> dude. That's fantastic. Can I just keep this right here for you, Mike? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just keep it right there. <laughs> that's All right. fucking. Badass. All right. So then, let's go. Let's get a couple questions and then we got to get uh we got to get the big guy out of here pretty soon. We're pu- we're pushing, you know, midnight's going to turn into a pumpkin, so I might. All right. AMA panel. Oh, I love this. <laughs> God, it's so good. Oh, I should have just left that. Damn rock my bad. That was fantastic though. Who has a better rookie season, Zay Flowers or Alave from last year? Jeez, um, man, man, that's a that's a bold, like, that's asking us to go out on a limb one way or the other, I feel like. We have so we have so little information, man. We have one week of data points when Mark Andrews wasn't playing, right? 
Like, what was exciting about Zay Flowers? I, I, I want to make sure we make the point before I answer this question because I think this is this is a uh, you know what that's bait. And um, Mike, what do we know about Zay Flowers? He he got he was the first read often, and he was hyper targeted with no Mark Andrews, and we don't expect that to be the case. So like, we already have a small sample in. The reason that he was very, um, very good is that, you know, he, Odell and Bateman clearly are not going to be the target earners. So you're asking me to project off of one week where they didn't have their focal, like point of their offensive passing game. So it's, it's a very impossible call for me to make, but you tell me what you want to do, Mike. Hot take. Zay Flowers. I knew it. I knew that if I did that. And that question's out there that Mike wouldn't be able to just. Okay. Do you want to give a wire? You just want like you know, just Mike drop it. Olave had a great a great rookie season. Not gonna deny. I mean, this is big because Mike Mike was the Olave truther yeah. by the way. So this is big 70, info. Seventy two receptions, hundred and nineteen targets, thousand forty two yards, and four touchdowns. I think Zay can exceed all those numbers. I think he'll be at. Probably okay. 80 receptions. I think he can, but... 125 he? targets, give or take, because he's going to have a lot more uh, a lot more catchable passes, you know, because of the bubble screens and well, uh, I would fly say- sweeps, whatever you want to call them, those little pop passes. 1,000 yards, I think is probably going to be very similar, um, but I'm just expecting maybe another touchdown or two. So if you want to look at it as a whole, how about that? Hot take, Zay Flowers. All right, Mike. So, because there are different players, all right, in of that. Actually, the frames are similar, but I think at least the way they're going to manufacture the ball to Zay versus the way Hollywood was used is very different. Um, yeah. However, like if you're going to look at a guy that, so Mike in his in his rookie season, uh, Hollywood played you know 15 games. I know Lamar's the offense. All this stuff is different, but you know 71 targets his way. Second year, hundred. His last year before departure was 146 targets. He ended up having 91 catches. So, and he had 1,008 yards. So, I mean, like, also Hollywood had a lot more downfield usage, right? Like, they they kind of looked to get him deep. Yeah. Um, Almost exclusively downfield right. usage. It was, which was now by his third season, there was a lot more um, using him in the middle and, and short. But they, they, wanted, they wanted to catch him over the top. I, I think – I think the one thing about it is just I would be cautious right now because Zay Flower hype is whether it's real or not, it's here. So I I think that there that there's a very good chance that Zay Flowers has a great season. But I do think like Chris Olave didn't necessarily matter in points per game last year, but had a very good season. And everyone's uber excited for him. I think that at the end of the year, if you were making me have a bet on it would be similar, like great stuff. You're going to look at those and say, those are successful traits. Like he checked boxes to mean something down the road. I worry that he's not going to be a player that matters in points per game. And that's going to cost like one that does. That's my fear for Zay flowers. And I've where I have him, I, I grabbed him enough that I don't have to worry about going to buy him. If you told me to make a bet one way or the other, I'm going to take a lave um, because it's, it's safer. There's a lot more information out there. Now to your yeah. point, could he finish higher? Absolutely, man. That's 
It's not crazy to say at all. Chris Olave had a very good rookie season, but it's beatable. Very much beatable. So I get you. I'll bet Olave though, if you made me if you make me have this question, T Rock. Right. You make me have that question. I'm not I'm not saying uh, you know, in Dynasty I'm taking No, I know you're not. Uh, this just is so more. This is more to our writer, you know. Just so, just so Trip Crown doesn't, you know, chirp at me in fucking two weeks. Well, he will. Um, <laughs> who finishes better for the season? Say Flowers or Jordan Addison? I think this is a better question. Say Flowers. So let me ask you this: Are you not like really that impressed with the Jordan Addison game one? I, I thought he did okay, um, but like things like target share and that kind of shit really do matter. Um, Vikings threw the ball a lot because Alexander, Alexander Madison is not very good at running back. All right, let me just say that. And I've been on this train for a while. Um, you and Cody didn't talk about that, did you? Because he, nope. he loves him some Madison. We didn't. We didn't talk about the fact that Alexander Madison's probably not a great running back. Yeah, <laughs> he's just yeah. kind of a dude who, you know, if you're just chasing volume, which you probably should be at the running back position, he's a worthy asset sure. to have. Sure. I just don't think he's very explosive. I don't think he does a lot of good things. And, you know, I can see a scenario where, you know, Ty Chandler, Miles Gaskin really start eating in this. If they bring somebody else in because they're competing, you know, Madison may take a little bit of a backseat. They threw the ball a shit ton. And uh, target share, usage, that kind of thing just really didn't favor Jordan Addison in week one. He made a, you know, couple of explosive plays, which is nice. But I've also seen, you know, fucking KJ Osborne do the same thing. So. Like I, I need to see a lot more from the usage standpoint to uh, to be on the Addison over Flower Street. All right, um, I'll I'll take Addison here, and um, I'll tell you the reason why. If you told me this is a Flowers workload when Andrews is around, I don't think we're having any. There, there's not even a close debate in my opinion, just because even if they're closer to the line of scrimmage, it's too much work. To me, though, because he, here's my problem, Mike, and with I when I look at these two. So Zay Flowers earns 10 targets. He catches nine of them. And they did a good job getting the ball. And honestly, when he got the ball, he looked very explosive. This is not a knock on Zay at all. But if we assume, like, to me, I'm going to assume, you don't have to, that Andrews, when he comes back, is the 1A, right? So if you told me that this 10 goes down to seven or six targets, I think that's still very good for Zay Flowers. And I think that's probably a realistic outcome. Like, three of those targets leave him, go to Andrews, and more of them will depart from other places. Addison got six. Now, I know you're, you're saying that there's more targets to go around possibly in the future. I think Addison, though, the one thing about him is because he's playing on the other side of Jefferson, there's going to be a lot of these plays where he can hit a home run, kind of like Ridley did when, when Julio was there in Atlanta. It's just the way he's used and the way he kind of plays reminds me a lot of that. And okay. I, that, that's the reason I think I'm taking uh, Jordan Addison is that I think there's upside there. Not that Flowers doesn't have upside, but – I don't know what the upside exists of when Andrews comes back. So I think it's close. I mean, I think I, I love what I saw from Zay, but I'll still take Jordan Addison by a hair here. I mean, it's still a, you know, 14% target share if you're being rosy. So it's kind of like, mm, no, I, I get you. Fine. I get you. It's not, it wasn't like uh, he came out and just blew it up, but like, go look, right. give me, can you give me this target shares of uh, Jefferson his first four weeks or five weeks? No, he was fucking horrible the first couple of weeks. Right. So that's but my... but the thing is Jefferson wasn't playing with another Jefferson. <laughs> no, <laughs> Jefferson but... wasn't playing with a uh, Hawkinson. He was playing with. Isn't the... that more detrimental when you're not getting snaps when there's no one in front of you? Yeah, yeah. But you know that's Different... my point. Yeah, but I not. I. This is not to make an argument. Like I, I would love to punch Mike if I could, but this is not to say Zay Flowers stinks. Like I, you know, I'd love to. I'd love to fight with him. 
That's not the problem. It's that I do like Zay too, you know? All right. Um, all right, let's get one more and we'll go. One more you good with? Yeah, let's do this one. Uh, I'll give two more because I'm just going to make him too angry. He, he'll go to bed and he won't sleep. Mari Cooper, next question. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. Like, uh, it, If there's concern on Amari Cooper, I understand, but you, I think you should really take a look at the game. Like, Sometimes you got to be very careful about just looking at analytics, right? The weather was bad. I mean, the first pass that I saw thrown in his way hit the dirt, and he looked very upset. There's better days ahead for Cooper. Rashad White, to me, in a game where they actually won, Mike, uh, I'm concerned, personally. Against a bad Vikings defense. I am concerned for Rashad White, personally. So, yep. uh, I don't he, think that's very he close. He didn't look very good. Right. Sorry. Okay. Mark Cooper. Um, how soon is it too soon? How soon is too soon to go all in and trade your first to compete? Depends on the deal. Context is everything. Okay, yeah. So, Dr. B. Harris, there's two things to this. One, I, I'll I'll send my first anytime, any year, if I'm grabbing elite difference makers at receiver, quarterback, and maybe even tight end, right? Andrews or Kelsey. Outside of that, though, that's where this question becomes, like, if you're not getting those, right? Then we have a discussion on what the player is, ultimately, too, like what your team is and what the format is. So in a lineup league, let's say it's a lineup start 9 or 10. Let's just Because I think that's a lens where a lot of people play. Lineup start 9 or 10, Mike. Let's say your team's pretty good. It's top four. Not the best, not the second best, though. Right? It's very good. It's very much in the mix. And you're going to trade your first, and you're going to get a Zay Flowers. You're going to get a Calvin Ridley, even. Like... Are you doing that if your team isn't necessarily one deep and two, like a high-end asset? Like you're, you're yeah. not the best team or second best team in the league. Would you do it? No. No, I'm Agreed. holding it as long as which, I can. Which is where, to answer the question, because I think that's kind of where the, the question is being framed from. I think that's the, the, yep. the idea. I'm not making a trade like that until we're – probably at least like seven weeks in or something where like I know one I've hit a lot of the I, I you, you can also see in your league you'll see other people get hit, hit with the injury bug and you really haven't right so I'm definitely in the mix I'm probably now I know in the mix of top two or three or if I'm not and the context there and trading it then versus now is okay even if your pick is let's say a hundred percent value right now and relative to that let's say in week seven it's 95 or 90% value. Like the certainty I have that my team's a playoff contender and in the playoffs means so much more than trading it right now for a move where look at this week, man, JK Dobbins, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys get hurt. You do that right now. And you're and you're kind of like going to make the playoffs, but not necessarily the best team. You get hit with one or two more injuries on top of that. Now that's an early first. Those are the type of moves in dynasty you really struggle to recover from. So my personal answer is like I wouldn't do it in the first four, five, six weeks of the season unless my team is loaded, right? Or uh, you know, like one of those best ball moves, deep. Uh, best ball would be I'm different, not, correct? Yep. I'm not saying like trade a first for you know a single running back who's borderline worth a first. I'm saying like in a best ball, I could make a case if you got like three assets back that are you know second pluses. You know, if somebody wanted to do that, I'm with you. Now you got you got, you got three Puka Nakua's. <laughs> four Puka Nakua's. 
now let me uh here, here's the question too for non-elite assets that are that extra guy or that one piece away type player i, I, I can i answer i'm gonna answer this question because i think this is kind of i had a feeling this is where it was going this is where best ball and lineup are monumentally different best ball if i can get multiple pieces i'm in on a first if you're built correctly like if you're built poorly don't do it even for that mm-hmm. but if you're built correctly i can do it for three pieces which are not even close to a first in value if you just ask one for one if you're in a lineup league though mike and let's say it's a a fringe guy the you know extra guy or one piece away like like for example evans <laughs> that's how you destroy your team in lineup honestly like that's we've made those moves we, we kamara's Akers, Gibsons, we've bet yep. on those and we've screwed it up. So I, I can tell you from personal detriment, do not do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. That that avatar is freaking fantastic, man. Um, I think that's all we got, buddy. Uh, this was fun. Actually, real quick. So a first for Javante right now is a no-no. Nope. Definitely not. Perfect, perfect example. No. Thank no. You. This is literally what we we're just talking about with like Gibson and Acres. One of these guys that had a great profile. You were you were strongly in on last year. Torres, you know ACL and other ligaments. Listen, don't do this. Don't do this no. because he looked good. I'm not saying he won't return to somewhat form, but your first is so much more upside than Javante does. So don't do that type Correct. of a trade. If you're yep. gonna do that type of a trade, it needs to come right before the deadline. Personally, for me, I'm holding out until the very end is when I'm gonna yep. make those type of trades. With you. All right, so man, good one, good one, great we, one, man. Finish, we we finished with a uh, less gross move. We did. <laughs> we got that up there. Um, yeah, let's go put this center screen. We got, uh, you know, Mike saved an extra ten. That's big news. He he gets up at four, by the way, and he he was a late Monday night football. So this is a uh, this is a grind it out type of day, and he killed it. Gotcha. So we we we, we just, love everybody here, man. You just put that less grossman right over my face. I'll stay still for you. All right, buddy. Boom. For you. There's, I couldn't be more happy to cover Mike's face. We love you guys. We will see you back here same time, same place next week. Tuesday for the AMA. Make sure you're checking out the schedule, the content schedule put together this week. We're out of this thing. Peace. See ya.